wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. Clark, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Good, good. Can't complain. Sam here. How you doing these days? You got a new job, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, got a got, got a job here in Texas. Moved from Kansas to Texas, brother. Dude, that's quite the transition. How's it been? It's been good. It's been surprisingly better than I expected it to be. Nice. Yeah. Um, but it, but I'm doing something. I'm I'm working at a TV station. It's like a Fox affiliated TV station. Mm-hmm. Um, and I produce. TV commercials. I produce commercials here locally. So, dude, that's sick. Cause that's know. what you've been doing for the longest time, anyway. All TV stuff and camera stuff. So that's perfect. That's right up your alley. Yeah, man. It's like it's the perfect like thing for me. Cause you know this is this is what I this is what I went to college for. This is you know making YouTube videos in high school and all that fun stuff. Now I'm getting paid. I'm sitting in my apartment right now, and the reason I'm doing it right here. You know, sitting here in my apartment is because I'm making videos for a living. I'm making TV commercials <laughs> for a living, and it's the coolest thing. Like, I, I, dude, I don't know. It's just like it's it's crazy to even just talk about. You know, like yeah, I don't know. It, it I, I've had the job since like the end of August. Mm-hmm. You know, and it still hasn't really sit in yet. You know, because it's like I don't know. You know, being being young, being like out of college because I graduated in May. Uh, the whole job searching gimmick was just—it was nuts. But oh yeah, I know, can relate to that. I, I know how you feel totally. Yeah, man. But you know, so yeah. But the TV station here—they were like, "Hey, we like this guy. Let's bring him on." So, and everyone here seems to really like my creative, um, the uh, the creativity that I have and the things that I bring to the table. People are like, "Huh, that's a little different than what we're used to," and I'm like. Yeah, let's let's be different. So nice, yeah, nice. A lot, a lot of people are a lot of people are really digging it, and everyone, you know, it's cool too because like the work workplace, super casual. I'm I'm wearing my Kenny Omega cleaner T-shirt right now, and that's you know that that's what I wear to work all the time. And people are just like, oh, that's a cool shirt. Where did you get it? And I'm like, oh, I got it off a. Of, you know, pro wrestling tees or hot topic or whatever, and they're like, oh, you don't do WWE shop, and I'm like, no one watches WWE anymore. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny now i saw your tweet about that you don't really follow the product too closely anymore do you uh the main stuff not really i yeah. i watched raw i watched raw last night right i went to the gym got home at like 7 30 i'm like ah oh, let's see what's happening on raw i turn it on it's that six man elimination uh tag match and i was just watching it for three minutes and i'm like oh it's the same yeah. damn match. I was going to say. Every, <laughs> every six-man match, just it, it's it's the same formula, just different people. And I'm like, I, I, I can't watch it. So one of my buddies was watching it, and I was just, you know, he was letting me let, let me know what was happening. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I was going to say, as soon as you said I watched Rawless, and I said, oh, no. That's what I'm thinking in my head. Like, <laughs> dude, like, show man. sucked. You missed I nothing. Raw, I watched Raw last week in full for the first time in months. And I I don't know. Last week's show was all right, but last night was just... Uh, dude, I was getting anxiety just watching it. Damn, I was going to say, how much did you regret watching that show? That show sucked, too. I've not, I cannot remember a single like memorable, worth-watching Raw in some time, to be honest with you. No. No, absolutely not. The reason I watched Raw last week... Was because it was in Kansas City. Oh, okay, cool. And and and, and my brother, so apparently, he went to that. So I was watching it just to see if I could see him on camera, and nothing. But boo. I know. That's oh, cool uh, though. Good shit. Yeah, good shit. Yeah, you'll have something to tell me about when uh 
when I fly back to Kansas tomorrow. So nice. Have you gone to any shows recently? Are you still are you still working with that indie promotion that you were working with, or no? Yeah, man, I'm still working with them. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, like they give me complete freedom. You know, like I told them I'll do shows in Texas, and if there's like a big event. I'll do some in like Oklahoma. I'll go as far as Oklahoma City, but past that, I'm I'm not making the drive. Yeah, no, but, that's um, a little far. Yeah, no, there's really no point, especially because it's like those are weekend events, and then I have I have to get back to work on Monday, and it's like I really don't want to do that. You know, I, totally. I would do it. I would do the drives if it was full time, but mm-hmm. if I was in full time doing the business, but it's like it it, it, it it's something fun to do on weekends. Yeah, and like traveling. Traveling to San Antonio, I did a show in San Antonio uh, back in September for World Class. World Class Revolution is who I'm working with. Nice. And they they did a they did a joint show with uh, River City Wrestling RCW, and uh, Abyss was on that show. Fala Ba was on there. Uh, we uh, myself, our promoter and our media producer Randy, um, we we and John Morrison we went around the Alamo and. Let's see where else. Like Ripley's, believe it or not, we were just shooting stuff there, and they let us go inside Ripley's. You know, just kind of gave us like a free pass, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just us, and we were just filming stuff around for the show. Uh, Swagger was on the show. MVP and Chavo wrestled in the main event. Um, you know, things like that. It was such a fun show, and I'm I'm at ringside, right, with my camera, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm legitimately doing this. Like MVP and Chavo are right in front of me, and I'm like. This is this is insane. Who would have thought? Who would have thought I'd be doing this? I know that's crazy. As soon as you said you got to go to all those places with John Morrison, I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking cool. Imagine you as a kid like watching Raw and seeing like John Morrison on there, Jack Swagger, Chavo, and then you're like working with him 10, 15 years later. How crazy is that? I, I posted something on Facebook after the after that event. And I was like, man, 10 years ago, I was watching MVP and Chavo on SmackDown, probably on, having a match with each other. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and that was like, what? I was like 12 years old at the time, mm-hmm. so I was in seventh grade, just little stupid old seventh grade me being like, ha-ha, whoop-de-doo, wrestling's real. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and then here's 22-year-old me, and I'm just like, man, I'm such a smart and just, you know, just chatting with Chavo and getting, like, his input on things and MVP, you know, I'll go to them and I'll just be like, hey, what kind of production advice? Justin Roberts, dude, he ha- he is the man that mm. I go to for Really? Stuff. Nice. Yeah, Justin, anytime, that, and, and he's so cool, too, I mean, like, he, you know, of course he's doing the ring announcing and things like that, and yeah. he has a bunch of stuff on his plate, but whenever I see him, I'll just, like, bring him to the side, I'm like, hey, what what kind of advice can I get from you? And he'll, he'll let me know, like, what to do and where to stand and things like that. Like and he tells me, he's like, dude, all this stuff I'm telling you right now, Kevin Dunn told me. So, wow. And I'm like, just like in awe. I'm just like, dude, I'm learning something from Kevin Dunn through Justin Roberts and like things like, you know, he'll tell me, well, this is, well, this is what Vince told me. This is what Vince taught me. And, th- and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm all ears. Let me know. Let tell me. Dude, well, that's fucking well, sick. That's really cool. <laughs> I, yeah, dude, it's so neat, and it's like, you know, I really just talk to those guys at the show, I don't really, you know, I'm not buddy-buddies with them, the only only guys I'm really buddies with are the Von Eriks, and those guys are just, they they are just incredible individuals, like, not only are they Mm -hmm. great wrestlers, but they're just so cool, they're like great people, you know? I would argue that's even cooler, to say that you're friends and buddy-buddy with the Von Eriks, I mean, like... Come on, my man. You're fucking. You're friends with the Von Erichs, one of the greatest wrestling families of all time. That's amazing. It's so cool, it's so cool to hear them talk about Uncle Carrie and Uncle Mike. Uncle yeah. Chris, all them talk about their dad. And That's I'm just so like, cool. Oh, Uncle Carrie. I'm just like, uh, I know. I wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. After that September show in San Antonio, uh, I was staying because I was originally I was gonna drive back home at like midnight. Um. But one of the wrestlers, he, he was like, hey, I have an extra I, I have an extra uh, uh, side to the bed, so if you want to room with me tonight, then let's do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
I was like, it's a free room. I'll go ahead and do it. So I get to the hotel, right? Yep. And I and I and I see Ross, Ross uh, uh, von Eric walking out. And I'm like, hey, what's up, stranger? And he looks, he looks over, and he's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? And <laughs> things like that. So we just like just started hanging out. We went back inside, and you know, and yeah, and Marshall, we met up with him, and we we just hung out in their room for like maybe an hour or so. And, mm-hmm. And then, and then we walked over to a gas station at like two in the morning just to get like you know Arizona iced tea and you know things things like that you know yeah. healthy healthy stuff to eat and I'm just like dude I'm walking to the gas station with Marshall and Ross von Eric sons <laughs> of Kevin von Eric what is my life right now Yeah that's so cool this is all stuff it, they can jot down right in your future book I know it Oh <laughs> for sure man for that's sure. so cool I was gonna it say. Did you uh did you read Justin Roberts' book by any chance or no? I have not read it yet, and I really want to. That's you know what? I think I found something for my Christmas list. There you go, there you go. It's definitely worth the read. Definitely, go. especially if you're in contact with him uh, all the time. Like he DM'd me about a year or so ago to help promote his book, and I was like, this is a like you said, Justin Roberts. Like I mean, I know he's just another ring announcer to most people, but like like you said, yeah. we're around the same age. I grew up watching this guy on my on Raw and SmackDown for close to eight to ten years as the ring announcer. Yeah. He's one of my favorite ring announcers. Just to get in close contact with him, the Von Erichs. That's a little something for everyone that everyone knows. The Von Erichs, Justin Roberts, Jack Swagger, John Morrison. Everyone knows those people. That's so fucking cool. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And dude, especially just the way that Justin delivers on like, you know, his ring announcing. Yeah. Just like the way he announces Undertaker or mm-hmm. the emphasis on Cena or things like that. It's like people remember that. And like I'll watch stuff on the network here and there. And if it's like an Undertaker match, yeah, I'm always, always doing the whole, the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. just, just, just the voice that he does. And I'm like, man. And it's even cooler that like he'll do that like in, like, in person. Like he'll just warm up and his voice and he'll just be like the undertaker mm-hmm. things like that just like the what he does with the voice and i'm like that's so cool that is I, really like, cool yeah it shows that he cares too and that he's actually passionate about what he's talking about oh yeah dude for sure for sure that's so and, sick uh, yeah it's it's just incur- it's 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 nuts man it's so cool to be like to be a part of 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 this promotion you know, because it's like when when they invited me, it was, you know, we were talking through email, and I'm like, hey, I have a camera. This is what I've done. This is what I can do. If you need a camera guy for any events in Wichita, let me know. And mm. they got in touch with me, and they're like, hey, we're having a show in May. We want to bring you on. So I'm like, okay, sounds good. Let's let's have fun with this. Mm-hmm. And after the show, I was like, I went to the promoter Jerry, and I was like. Hey, thank you so much for letting me do this. This is this is this is such an honor, dream of mine, things like that. And he was like, he was like, bro, keep in touch. You know, I I, I want to bring you back for more shows. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, for sure, man. I'll definitely let you know if I'm available. So yeah, Wichita. I've done shows in Dallas. I did two shows in Dallas uh, one weekend, which was at South Fork Ranch and at a uh, at like a at like a bar or whatever and it was just like it was just the coolest thing sign guy was at both events oh that's cool so i got to talk to him for a little bit um yeah things like that we did like a live pay-per-view which didn't go as we planned but Mm -hmm. it was a you know it was a good like experiment to just test out what it would be like Mm -hmm. you know it was like 299 on on this website i can't remember what it what it was but yeah so nice Dude, it's it's just it's been nuts. It's been a one 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 heck of a year, dude. That's so sick. And we're closing out 2018. Been a great year. I'm sure you got bigger and better things in store for 2019. Um, on that note, this is Wrestle Rant Radio. I'm gonna include all this in the conversation. This is some fucking awesome stuff that people have to hear. So this is all part of the show right here, Clark. Welcome back. Oh man, for- fantastic. <laughs> well, like, we're on the show right now. I just want to say to everyone listening right now. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you guys are having a great time with family. If you're with friends, if you're with roommates, whoever you're with right now, enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy some football. Enjoy some turkey. Uh, the mashed potatoes, the, the, the whatever, mm-hmm. pumpkin pie, whatever <laughs> you enjoy doing, whatever tradition you guys have. I hope you guys are enjoying your Thanksgiving. And hey, thank you for listening to WrestleRant Radio on this Thanksgiving. 
Of course, this is the Thanksgiving special. Thought it was a fitting time to bring you back, Clark, for the first time in quite some time. I can't remember the last time you were here on the uh, show. Last time, we, last time we talked was, um, it was the prediction show for, um, Greatest Royal Rumble, because we talked about the- Oh, uh, the right, the couches. Yes, yes, yes. The couches. The fucking and couches. <laughs> I was so bummed, man. All in, they didn't bring in the couches, and I was just like, "Well, I was just like, man, this is a this is a two star show already." I'm kidding. I'm well, kidding. The, the couches were um, they, didn't they bring them back for the Crown Jewel show a couple months ago? Or, yes. uh, a couple weeks ago, I'm pretty sure they did, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, good God, that was the only probably the only good part about that show because everything else about that <laughs> event was an absolute atrocity. So you talked about it at the start of the conversation here, how you kind of loosely follow the product. Um, you kind of keep more in contact and keep in touch with NXT and 205 Live more than the main roster stuff, right? Yes. Yes, okay. that is correct. That's Dude, what I thought. I, I don't know what is going on with Vince. I don't know what's going on with Raw. SmackDown is okay here and there. Um, but yeah. Raw, I just, I just, <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. I feel like I feel like Solomonster. Shout out to Solomonster sounds off, by the way. I feel like Solomonster just... You know, talking crap on Rob. Mm-hmm. No, no, I totally agree. You know, he makes a lot of great points. You make a lot of great points as well. Um, yeah. And then especially with you too. I mean, we've been following the product for so long now. You've been on the show here many, many times over the last two to three years. So you've seen the progression or the downfall, the the degression, if that's even a word, of Monday Night Raw over the last number of years. And it's at to a point now where it's like a lot of people are just giving up where people such as yourself aren't even tuning into the regular broadcast. And they tune in every so months, every few months to see, okay, is it getting better? Like, is there some things to watch for? You tune in for the first five minutes, you get the feel, nothing has changed. Nothing ever changes in this company. That's that's the biggest problem, specifically with Raw, but at least NXT and 205 Live are worth watching on the network. Oh, for sure, for sure. I can't, ima- I can't imagine being a casual fan and switching on, just flipping channels, right? You're flipping channels, you're seeing... You know, CSI is on, you see the Family Guy's on, whatever. You switch over to Monday Night Raw, you're watching for a couple seconds, and, uh, it, you know, you, you, you're watching the show, right? You're like, you know, someone could get into it. And then all of a sudden, it's like a screwy booking decision happens, and it's like, what is going on? Why is this <laughs> happening? And then you, th- then they change the channel, and I can't, you know, because I can't watch wrestling as a casual fan anymore. And just like you, you probably can't watch it as a casual fan either, but um, just... Mm-hmm. As a casual fan, I can't imagine watching Monday Night Raw as a casual fan. I know. There's really either you watch it for a certain reason or you don't watch it at all just because it's gotten to the point now where if I wasn't covering the shows and stuff and just keeping on on, on track with it with stuff like that, then I probably would not be watching. I did not watch... I didn't watch TakeOver Live, not because I didn't want to watch it, but just because I had something else going on. But Survivor Series, I did not watch live. Raw and SmackDown, I usually watch on... Uh, like the next day. I mean, I would have never done that as a kid. That would have been a fucking cardinal sin for me in middle school or even high school to miss Raw or SmackDown. Like, what are you doing? You never miss those shows. But nowadays, it's like, eh, I can always catch up later. Or I always skip through all the bullshit. I get through this stuff in like an hour, hour and a half. Especially with so much content nowadays, you can barely um sit through and watch everything. But on that note, you know, sure. you know, like like you said, you're flipping through the channels. You're watching, you know, you see Law and Order, you see Modern Family, you see Monday Night Football. You tune into Raw, you see Drake Maverick pissing his pants. Like, what the hell is this shit? You know, like I don't want to watch this. They're making AOPP jokes. Like, are you kidding me? That's what this show has come to. Absolutely atrocious. Weren't these guys in the main event of NXT Takeover War Games a year ago, and now they're being treated like yeah. a joke on Raw? It's weren't they? Absolutely they were, they ridiculous. Were- they were in war games, weren't they? And now look at that. Now now Drake Maverick is just you know, peeing his pants. <laughs> and he's still the You you know you knew that because that was at Survivor Series. Yep. You knew that Vince McMahon was backstage and his, his he was just laughing his head off. He was he was having a heyday with that. Knowing Vince McMahon. And he's but, the only one too. The only one yeah, laughing his ass, la- laughing his ass yeah, off backstage. He's probably the only one. And then there's <laughs> others, and Vince is like, ha, ha, laugh, and people back in grill are like, ah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then here we are, and we're just like, what in the world is going on? Mm-hmm. But, but you know, let let's let's just you know, outside of the Drake Maverick peeing his pants, outside of Nia Jax being the, the sole survivor, Survivor Series. I would give that show an 8.5 out of 10. 
that's my overall rating for that show. 8.5. Wow, that's a very generous rating. I was going to say, I'm not sure what to think coming out of the show. We'll just break it down right now. We'll start, we'll, we'll talk TakeOver 2, we'll talk Survivor Series first since we're on the subject. But with Survivor Series, I mean, I thought it was a good show. The thing is, is that a lot of the booking decisions I thought were questionable. The in-ring action, I mean, again, it, it ranges, and I felt like, which is a good thing. I'd rather have a show like this where people either think it's great or it's horrible or somewhere in between, as opposed to Crown Jewel, where everyone universally agrees it was atrocious. Like, there's no fucking subjectivity around it. That show sucked. At least Survivor Series, they had a lot of good matches, especially towards the top of the card. They delivered a lot of memorable stuff. And this was one of those shows, like you said, outside of the Nia Jax stuff, it was absolutely atrocious. I don't care how much heat she has, which is great if they run with it. That's awesome. She's terrible. I do not, I'm not a Nia Jax fan. I'm, I never have been. I don't think I ever will be. But um, she was the sole survivor in the opening match. The kickoff apparently never happened. Do you remember watching the kickoff, Clark? Because I thought I watched it. I, I guess it didn't happen. I'm not sure what's going on there. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like <laughs> I, I, I feel like we're in Men in Black or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And Vince McMahon yeah. is uh is um is Vin- Will Smith. Vince McMahon, yeah, Vince McMahon is playing the role of Will Smith, and here he is just being like, oh, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. It's like in that case, why even just why even book the match to begin with? It makes absolutely no sense. Why even bother booking this shit if it's not gonna matter? You know what I mean? It's like they're not. It's like this one team booked the kickoff show and Vince doesn't watch the kickoff show, so he doesn't know. Like that's what I don't understand here. That's that's a good theory. I that that sounds pretty accurate. But I don't know, man. To me, I understand. I understand wanting to get as many names on that on that card. The 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 gosh dang colognes were on that show, man. When was the last time you saw them on TV? The fucking Colognes. There were so many teams that were in that match. I'm like, wow, they still like are employed. The Colognes, I mean, they've wrestled maybe one match in a year and a half. That I understand. Yeah. And Primo was in the fucking I, greatest Royal Rumble. That's it. I know. I saw Epico and Primo, and I'm like, wait, these guys are still employed. I'm confused. But anyway, yeah, so that sh- so I, under- I understand WWE wanting to, to put names on, on the show because it's a big four pay-per-view, right? Exactly. I I don't understand why have the Usos go over only to be completely ignored. That's it makes no sense. Exactly. The thing with the Usos is like I was watching, I was catching up on all the content they put up over the weekend. They did yeah. a they did an exclusive interview backstage during the show with the Usos talking about the Usos being the sole survivors and how they picked okay. up, you know, the momentum boost for SmackDown. This gives it a SmackDown an edge. What does it feel like to give SmackDown the first victory of the night? Why not just delete the video at that point? Because they never acknowledged it after that. And it was still, it's still up yeah. on their channel. It's like, dude, what the fuck? And Xavier Woods, rightfully so, is pissed. Because I'm not disputing the fact that the match was on the kickoff show. This match belonged on the kickoff show. It really was not that good up until, like, the ending with, um... I think it was the Revival and the Usos and the New Day and Chad and Gable. They were, uh, uh, Gable and Rude, rather. They all worked well together. Thought it was a fun final few minutes. The overall match being 20 minutes long, eh. I don't really need to see the Ascension, the Colognes, and fucking the B team going at it for 20 minutes. I really don't care. But the match itself I thought yeah. was fine. The tag team division, Woods went on Twitter afterwards, kept on replying to people saying just 6-1, six 6-1, and 6-1. Six and one, six and one. You gotta give SmackDown some sort of acknowledgement here. You can't just ignore the fact that they won... One of the big elimination matches. It wasn't like it was. It was a pretty throwaway match. But they. But then why even have the match? Why not book the fucking yeah. you know Buddy Murphy Mustafa Ali match, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I thought that was great and an awesome addition to the actual show. But if you're gonna pull this shit, then why? Why even bother doing that? Why not just put the cruiserweight match on the kickoff show? Since that's not Raw versus SmackDown. It made absolutely no sense, and it makes the Usos look like complete afterthoughts, in my opinion. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, I, dude, to me. I don't care what WWE says. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't care what they push down our throats. It was six and one, or whatever, five and one, I think. No, you're right. It was six and one. Yeah, I think so. Okay, six and one. Okay, uh, then yeah, dude, it's it's six and one. You know, like SmackDown won a match. It may have been the kickoff show. It may have gotten less eyes on the match, but SmackDown still won a match on the Survivor Series card on the Survivor Series show mm-hmm. it may have been a kickoff show but it was still survivor series so smackdown did win a match i don't care what vince says i don't care what stephanie or baron corbin or whoever says 
SmackDown did win one match, mm-hmm. and that's that's something. But they're gonna they're gonna push it. They're just gonna push it. And be like, ah, SmackDown, SmackDown <laughs> didn't win a single match. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just gonna be like, no, you are wrong. And I, I I watched I watched the kickoff show. I don't watch the kickoff show, man. But I watched it because I was like, I have nothing else to do, so I'll watch it. SmackDown wins. I I watched it. I I watched it go down, people. Mm-hmm. SmackDown won a match. It was six and one. So Woods, if you're listening to this, and I hope you are, man, that'd be cool. Hey Woods, um, <laughs> you're right. It was six and one. Absolute travesty. A complete just a joke of the tag team division, which isn't all that strong to begin with. But again. Why bother even holding the match? It goes back to the... It, it just, they do whatever fits their narrative because they want to fit the whole yeah. Raw is better than SmackDown shit. Then A, why even have the match? B, why have SmackDown win in that case? Which they should have because they have the better teams, which isn't saying much because they have the fucking colognes on their brain. We haven't seen Gallows and Anderson in like four or five months, but whatever. Same thing with Sanity. Um, but again, it goes back to this whole thing from a couple years ago. I don't know if you remember this, but it was around WrestleMania you know, 32, 33, whatever. When they pull this whole shit, when they're like, oh, the kickoff show, it's all part of the main show. Everything is one main show, which is absolute bullshit because it's not. It goes, it's like when they had um, Aries and Neville in the kickoff show, great match. They weren't on the DVD. So this whole, I, I, this whole idea that they're all, everything's WrestleMania. It's all in the main show. It's absolutely fucking not because you pull that shit and then this happens where it, does, it, it didn't even happen. It's like you said, it was like men in black. So don't pull this yeah. thing where it's like, it's all the same show when in reality, it's really not. Yeah, for sure. I I absolutely agree with that. That is that 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 is so true, dude. I forgot that Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin was on the kickoff show of WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was that even like, a match? I don't even remember that to be on. I was there. I don't even remember that. Bro, they're gonna have a Dean Ambrose Baron Corbin match, and they're gonna be like, "Haha, first time ever!" And it's gonna be like, "Oh, I really want to punch you in the face right now, Vince." Exactly. Exactly. And if it happened on the kickoff show, it didn't happen. You know, like you said, oh, you yeah, mentioned. No. You mentioned Solomonster before. His big thing for a whole time was that if it happened on SmackDown, it didn't happen. Well, if it happened on the if it happened on the kickoff show, it didn't happen. That's the new thing, I think. <laughs> oh man, that's that is that is accurate. That is beyond accurate. <laughs> Damn, someone's got to make that a T-shirt. But like you said, overall though, I thought this was a good show. Um, eight point five is generous. Well, I definitely want to get your thoughts on that, and think and I really enjoyed that for what it was, just the overall show. And I thought the final three matches were really, really good. Um, so we'll be breaking it down right here. We talked about the kickoff. We talked about the women's match a little bit. Nia Jax, as you had said, Clark was the sole survivor here. Uh, it was Mickey James, Nia, Tamina, Bailey, and Sasha. Thank God filling in for Ruby and Natalia. And I love Ruby, but you have Bailey and Banks sitting on the uh, sitting on the sidelines. It makes no sense. So I'm glad they were yeah. involved here. Banks lasted a while too. She was up there until like almost the ending until she got taken out by Asuka after uh, Nia Jax turned on her. So there was that. Then SmackDown had Naomi, who was the team captain, Carmella, Sonya, Mandy Rose, and Asuka. Um, but yeah, like I said, this was a, a fine match. It wasn't really anything all that great. It was a decent match for what it was. Nia Jax, sole survivor. She's absolutely terrible. Tamina is absolutely terrible, but whatever. At least she has monster heat right now. So what were your thoughts yeah. on the match, Clark? And where do you think they're going to take this heat with Nia? I mean, obviously she's facing Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship at TLC. How far do they go with Nia Jax in this new heel role? Oh, I feel like they're just, they're, they're of course already pushing Nia. You know, I, I was for sure there was going to be some sort of punishment, but if you're, if you're the Rock's cousin, apparently nothing happens to you. So they're pushing her as the, as Michael Cole says, the hashtag facebreaker. Is that right? Is that what he's been calling her? The facebreaker. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, they're running with it. But <laughs> you know what? But she's already heel. She, uh, she, she, this was after she turned heel. So that's, that's smart. That, that is smart to continue on with that heel momentum calling her the face breaker and you know just being like hey well i broke becky lynch's face and becky as we all know is the man Mm -hmm. and we all and we all love the man um but um yeah but anyway so this match i don't know man i it was i was too too focused on the crowd just 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 cursing at at naya and i don't know that was just 
that was the highlight of the match for me. Anytime Nia got in, people were just like, no. They they were just, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think they uh, care too much about this match. Yeah, I didn't care much for the match either. It was what it was. Nia actually being the sole survivor does make sense just because of the heat that she has right now. She's facing Rousey in a month for the Raw Women's title. So again, it makes sense. I'm not a big fan of it. I think she sucks, but whatever. Yeah. Um, the match was fine for what it was. So also with Nia, again, like I said, she emerged victorious here facing Ronda. Do you think at some point they will blow off the Nia-Becky, I don't want to say feud, but do you think it would be um, just a complete missed opportunity by the company if they don't have at least Becky eliminate Nia from the Rumble or whatever? Do you think they're going to, how far, again, like, do you think they're going to have her go for the Raw Women's title beyond TLC? Or do you think they might have her and Tamina chase the Raw, or not the Raw, but like, whenever these women tagged in titles are going to debut, it's more a matter of when than if at this point. Um, do you think they should be the inaugural champions? Again, where do you go with Nia beyond, you know, heading into 2019? So let's do this. My 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 view on this is that Becky's going to eliminate Nia from the Rumble. They're going to be the final two, and Becky's going to win. Um, I I think that the the women's tag team titles are going to be introduced at the Rumble. Okay. And they're and they're going to announce, you know, here's who's going to be in the. Here's the people who's gonna be in in this tournament, you know, for the titles. It's gonna be Sasha and, and Bailey, of course. It's gonna be uh, th- two of the three of the um, of the Riot Squad, Nia and Tamina. Blah 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 blah. I think Nia and Tamina are gonna win it. They're gonna be the inaugural women's tag team champions, and we can focus on Becky versus Ronda going into WrestleMania. Becky Ronda for the Raw Women's Championship or SmackDown Women's Championship? Probably the Raw Women's title, right? Obviously, like you said, Becky yeah. wins the Rumble, so that would have to make sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it, 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 it would have to be. It'd have to be for the Raw Women's title. And and it's going to be the WrestleMania main event. That's my prediction. I think so, too. Unless they come across a bigger match between now and then, which I'm not even sure what that would be, I think it would have to be the main event of WrestleMania. I think that there is no better match to close out the show on that night. Um, and yeah. they're not just doing it just because, oh, they're women. We need the first ever women's main event. It's not the case at all. It's just it's deserving of the main event because there's no match people want to see more than Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. So hopefully that's still the case come March or April or whatever, whenever they make the final decision and what closes out WrestleMania. But... Yeah, I could yeah. see Nia and Tamina becoming the tag team champions. I don't really want to see it. I don't even think women's tag team titles personally are all that practical. That's just my opinion. I think it's great to have more championships for the women. But are we going to see, like, Nia and Tamina versus the Riot Squad every week or, like, them versus Banks and Bailey every week? There's not many women's tag teams. We have, um, you know, the Iconics. I guess Asuka and Naomi. I don't know if that's still a thing. They had Rose and Deville. They teased tension. I don't even know if that's the whole thing. So we'll see where they go with it. They're going to have to add more women for that to be the case. Obviously, bring up the four horse women from the UFC, the um, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir from NXT. I think they'd be a fine tag team if they called them up at some point. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, but they have potential with it for sure. But, yeah, with Nia, I do agree. I think that uh, that would be a good role for her if they have her with Tamina, even though they're not the greatest tag team. But at least they're doing something with her, you know, whatever. So it is what it is. Um, so also in the show we had, which was kind of not really all that talked about all that much, even though it wasn't an instant classic by any means, it was still a pretty good match. Champion versus champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins, very good match. No interference from Dean Ambrose. Obviously, Raw went on to win every match on the main roster card, so Ambrose interfering only for Rollins to win probably would not have made too much sense. But it was weird that Ambrose is like obsessed with Rollins and... He was nowhere to be seen here to cost him the match, which I thought was strange. But the actual match was really, real good. Um, Rollins went over clean. Nakamura suffering another notable defeat, which I thought was disappointing. But the match itself was good. So uh, your thoughts on this, Clark? Great match. I, 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 anytime that you can get Seth Rollins in a match, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be fire. You know, burn it down, of course, fire. <laughs> there you um, go. There you go. Uh, anytime you get Shinsuke in the ring, it's it's gonna be a good match. So those two, yeah, it was it was a it, it was a good match. It was a really good match. Um, I'm actually glad that Ambrose did not interfere because I feel like that would just be like, oh, I so saw that coming. I knew Ambrose was gonna come out, but um, 
Yeah, so I don't know. Just Ambrose not coming out and interfering or doing anything at all. He, him not appearing at Survivor Series at all just added on to like the mind games, I guess. Because Cole and the commentators were all like, "Oh, is 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 Rollins's head in the game? I mean, Ambrose and you know now he's facing Shinsuke right now. Blah blah blah. Is is he in the right mindset?" I, I think Ambrose not being there just kind of added on to, to Seth Rollins, at least. And to, like, is he thinking of Ambrose right now as this is going on? That's the way that I saw it. That makes sense. Plus, you didn't, plus you didn't need Ambrose to be there. I mean, like, like he, he didn't have a match, mm-hmm. so why have him there? True, true. That's a good way to look at it. They should have probably explained it that way. It's sad that we have to do the thinking for them in that respect. Um, but that is a good reason though, if that was implied, but I I do like that route if they, if they did indeed take that route with with Ambrose not obviously being on the event. Um, yeah, no, it was a good match. Rollins winning. I mean, I was a bit surprised by that. Obviously, Raw went on to win every match on the show, so that would make sense (laughs) there. But, um, Nakamura, like, dude, what are you doing Nakamura? I love Nakamura. He has done nothing as United States champion over the past four months. He's really just solely existed on SmackDown, has not had a feud since he wrapped up the feud with Jeff Hardy back in August. It's late November, which is pretty sad. What do you yeah. do with Shinsuke Nakamura going forward? Uh, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, mm, his contract runs up. He goes back to New Japan. I'd love to see that. That's, that's my thing. Apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, there's a rumor going around that Shinsuke's contract is coming up in 2019, so just a couple months away. Um, but, dude, I don't I don't see what else to do with Shinsuke. They're not going to put the, the world title on him. They're, uh, they're I, I don't know. I want to see him go back to New Japan. That's, that's, that's my thing. I just want to see him go back to New Japan and be the king of strong style. Not the artist. I want to see him be the king of strong style again. I agree. Go back to doing what he was doing before. I mean, is I I don't know if he would make more money over there. I'm not really sure what the I you know what the what what the I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is. But like what he, what's going through his mind here? Like would he make more money here in WWE even though he's not being used as well? We're never really going to know that the financial side of it. But still, I think with New Japan being so hot right now, the New Japan pro wrestling scene just being so fucking hot at the moment. That I think you'd be remiss to not go back there. Nakamura's an iffy. I mean, there's obviously three factors here. There's three different things to look for. Like you said, it's a rumor. I think it might be close to being confirmed because he did sign a multi-year deal back when he signed in 2016. Yeah. So he signed in 2016. His contract wraps up in January or late, early February, whatever. AJ Styles and Gallows and Anderson. Um, I think Nakamura's an if. I think AJ's a stay. I think he's a yes to staying with the company. And then with Gallows and Anderson, I think it honestly has to be they have to leave. I mean, I could see them yeah. staying if they really want to make money, but they haven't been on TV in months. Are they, Is there really any justification behind them staying with WWE? No, there's not. And I was watching I, I was watching that AJ Styles 360, 365 um documentary after survivor series Mm -hmm. and they were showing the footage of aj and and gallows and anderson they were back in japan just talking about you know the good times and you know this this is our home brothers and things like that and seeing the footage of them in in the sumo hall and i was just like man i would love to just see gallows and anderson go back to new japan because that's that's where they shine they they didn't need writers going up to them saying here here's what you're doing tonight because they did whatever they felt like they wanted to do you know that's what got them over with the crowd that's why they are uh legends in japan and here in america it's like it was it was cool you know when it was announced through twitter that 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 once we you know wwe talking about shinsuke aj uh, the, the 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 you know those two guys coming over and it was like oh my goodness the bullet club and shinsuke they're coming to wwe now it's just like, oh, I can't wait to see them go back to New Japan or go go back to wherever they they end up going. Mm-hmm. They're not doing anything ex- ex- with ex- excluding AJ because he just he, he just came off a, a year of being WWE champion, so they are high on AJ. But the club Shinsuke, they're just like I don't know, they're just not crazy about them, I guess. And mm-hmm. it, it's 
it sucks to see because I I loved Shinsuke in New Japan. I loved Gallows and Anderson in New Japan, and seeing them here, it's just like it's it it sucks. It's it it makes me sad to see them, you know, the way they are. And we'll see what happens to them come January. Will they stay? Will they go? I'm inclined to say that they'll likely leave. I mean, we don't really know for sure. Honestly, I could see them staying just because they're likely making more money over here. J- New Japan, yeah. I think they're a better fit over there. But are they really going to dish out money just to get Gallows and Anderson? I mean, they were a great tag team when they were there originally, but they have like zero buzz around them right now. So I'm not sure. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see come January, but on that same note, though, again, we're going all over the place here today, but I do want to ask you this, knowing that you are a big Bullet Club fan, we're talking about people leaving WWE, potentially going back to New Japan, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, Clark, what do you think the plans are for the Elite? Not the Bullet Club, but the Elite consisting of Cody, Kenny Omega, Marty Skrull, Adam Page, and the Young Bucks, Um, their contracts with Ring of Honor New Japan are, I think, up in the next couple of months, either next month or in January, or both. Um, depending on what company we're talking about here, but there's been a lot of buzz, a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors running rampant in regards to whether they might be WWE bound or not, and if they're even leaving their respective companies. Are they leaving New Japan? Are they leaving Ring of Honor? Are they staying right where they are? Are they building their own new promotion, which has also been in the talks and been in the uh, been been talked about in recent weeks? So with all that being said, Clark, as a big Bullet Club elite fan yourself, what do you think the future holds for that faction? You know, it's a crazy concept here. You know, wrestling fans don't really do this a whole lot, but I'm going with the flow. I'm just enjoying what they're doing. You know, being the elite is giving off hints of what's going to happen. They have they have H. They have uh, they have SML, who's supposed to be Stephanie Marie Levesque, and um, things like that. And Cody being uh, possessed and dropping all these WWE facts and <laughs> yeah. things like, and it's just the greatest thing you know mm-hmm. I, I was watching the latest one yesterday uh, I just one, watched it this morning know, yeah yeah the, the, the one with like uh, t- Mark Mark Calloway <laughs> yeah. as the Undertaker or Mark Carano and I was just I was at work watching it and I was just I, I dude I was just laughing my head off it was so good um, but anyway yeah back to their you know, future, things like that. I am just trying to enjoy what's going to happen. I don't see them going to WWE. I see them play, playing this whole Cody being possessed, things like that. I see it just them having fun and kind of just playing with with the fans. But I honestly, I, I don't want to see them go to WWE unless they have full creative freedom, which they probably won't, mm-hmm. knowing that company. Um, could we see them make an appearance at like an NXT TakeOver? Think of th- think of Jushin Liger. You know, he made that one appearance at TakeOver Brooklyn in 2015. Could the Elite be making an appearance in, 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 in NXT at TakeOver maybe? I don't know. It's possible, uh, WrestleMania weekend, you never know. I mean, well, that being said, too, that same weekend, we do have that the G1 Supercard Ring of Honor show, New Japan show, um, the night before yeah. WrestleMania. Do you think that show would be the same without members of the Elite there? I feel like that show will be largely built around them. I know Okada's going to be there, Tanahashi, but I feel like that show is, like, all in, too, essentially. Let's, let's do this. I can see... I can see Paige... And I could see Skrull being at at the Madison Square Garden show. Mm-hmm. That night, they're doing TakeOver at, I'm assuming, Barclays. I believe I it's Barclays, assume. yeah. Yeah. What if Cody and the Bucks show up there? Hey, you know what? It's very possible. I know they talk a lot about not wanting to go to developmental. They've never once, they've never once bashed WWE or NXT for that matter. No. But Cody has made a lot of great points in social media that they're kind of just... Adam Cole was a star from the moment he signed with the company. He really doesn't need to go to NXT, at least to learn anything. Um, like the same way that a Lars Sullivan would. But yeah. at the same time, um, I think a place like NXT really helps you kind of get familiar with these people before they show up on the main roster. AJ was the exception just because he's been in the game now for 10 years. He really had no reason to go to NXT first. Um, yeah. he, and they introduced him in a way where it made sense. He was a star from the get-go. Cody and the... I mean, Cody... 
I mean, he was already on the main roster for 10 years. But that being said, so was Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre went to NXT when he first re-signed with WWE. He won the NXT title. And the Young Bucks, quite honestly, would be way bigger stars in NXT than they would on the main roster. They would be stars from the get-go if they got called up to Raw or SmackDown. But let's be honest. We just talked about it 20 minutes ago. The tag team division, Raw and SmackDown, isn't exactly, you know, shining at the moment. And I'm not talking about the shining stars either. I'm talking about the fact they're fucking booked like losers. They are booked like losers more often than not. So I would be much more comfortable than in NXT. Could you see a case where maybe... Okay, like we talked about earlier, Nakamura, Gallows, Anderson, AJ. Gallows and Anderson immediately got called up to the main roster, as did AJ. But Nakamura went to NXT first. Could you see a scenario... I don't think they're going to WWE or NXT, but it's possible. We're talking about fantasy booking here. You said Cody, Young Bucks... NXT. Could you see a scenario where those guys go to NXT, but Kenny Omega shows up on his own on the main roster, a la AJ Styles from a few years ago? Ooh. Or would he have to be with the Young Bucks? Oh, man. That's another good reason. That's another good thing. Yeah. I I feel like... I I don't know, man. My... My thing on this is that Cody shows up on the main roster because everyone's going to know Cody you know he's he's he he used to be on draw Smackdown things like that he was on the main roster so he's going to represent the elite on the main roster for now Mm -hmm. and then Kenny and the Bucks show up in NXT and not for developmental reasons like Lars Sullivan or whoever they're they're going to nxt because of their name like you said for adam cole you know he's he's a no name on the independence mm-hmm. people are gonna if 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 the bucks and kenny omega show up at a takeover you can say goodbye to the roof of the barclay center because that, that that thing's going up in, uh, that thing's going up in space you know definitely going to go nuts People are going. Twitter's get. Twitter's gonna crash, dude. Mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, whatever. MySpace is gonna crash. Um, you know, everything is just the the, the world is go, the world's going to end right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is what it, is what it feels like. Um, that's that's the way that I see it. You know, that, that that's just how I see it. You know, Cody going to the main roster, and then Kenny and the Bucks. Uh, just kind of invading NXT, be like, "Hey, we're here. Let's have fun." Mm-hmm. What about them versus uh, Undisputed Era? How about that? Let's do War Games next year. The Elite versus <laughs> Undisputed Era. Clark. The whole, the, the whole time, the whole time, the Bucks, Omega, they're just like <laughs> Cole is trying to talk to them, right? Cutting promos on them, and they're like, "I get you're a ghost." And the, Bucks, and the Bucks are like, "Are you hearing something?" Because I don't know. I <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, the storyline consistency would be amazing, but uh, oh my god. That's a match I didn't know I wanted to see until you just said it right now. Holy shit. Take my fucking money. But um, we shall soon see. I doubt. I mean, again, I don't think they're going to WWE, at least not right now, just because it's weird. I mean, they still have a lot of buzz around them, but will they have the same buzz around them in two years or three years? Because you know they're going there eventually. I think they honestly will go there eventually. They never said they won't. They don't have to. But I think they will. Um, but will they be as over now as they are right now in 2021 or 2022? I, I honestly don't know. And from a booking standpoint, it feels like they've peaked at least in Ring of Honor. Because they really have not had much going on at all. I know Cody's going for the Ring of Honor World Title Final Battle next month. The Young Bucks really aren't doing anything. Adam Page, I think he's going for the TV title next month. They're not really doing anything with these guys. It feels like they've really done everything they can in Ring of Honor. New Japan, kind of the same thing. How many times can you win the tag team titles, the Young Bucks? <laughs> or Kenny Omega, I mean, the guy, he finally became IWGP champion. I, I would be, I think it would have been a huge missed opportunity if he came before he won that belt. Well, he's been champion yeah. now, and he really hasn't done anything. I mean, it's like AJ Styles. I mean, people were talking about AJ. I mean, he's champion for a year, and it's awesome. Uh, Kenny really hasn't done anything. I know they teased the whole Bullet Club OGs versus the Elite, and had they really done anything since then? I know they've had a couple matches and changed the tag titles, but beyond that, the feud 
I mean, again, this is coming from a casual fan. I don't really follow the product as closely as I should for New Japan. I don't yeah. really feel like they've really done much with those guys. So, I don't know. I feel like if there's any time for them to move on and put people over on the way out, it would be right now. But I also just get the feeling they might not be ready for WWE right now. So, I'm not sure. Um, but again, this is all this is all hearsay we'll see in due time when it comes time for their contracts to expire in early 2019. I know we're yeah. way off track here, so we won't... Um, I won't go match by match for the rest of the card here for Survivor Series because I do want to talk TakeOver with you, too. Um, But one last question for you, actually, before we move to Survivor Series because I was thinking about this when you were talking about it, how the the place would come unglued if Cody or Omega showed up with the Bucks at TakeOver over WrestleMania weekend. If that is to happen, honestly, who else, realistically... Is there left to sign from the independent team? When I say indies, I mean New Japan. I'm talking Ring of Honor. I'm talking Lucha. I'm talking every promotion out there. Who else is there left to sign? And obviously, people can say, oh, what about Okada? I mean, I don't think Okada's ever coming over. He's the type of person I don't think is ever coming over, nor should he ever come over. I think he's perfect right where he is. So I don't see that ever being a possibility. Same thing probably with Tanahashi. Um, Pentagon Jr. I could see at some point, maybe. I feel like he's probably better off where he is. I don't think NXT even would even treat him right. So, but yeah, beyond no. beyond those guys, who else is there? They've signed Matt Riddle. They might get the Elite at some point. They've signed, I, I'm hearing rumors, they might even sign ACH and Silas Young and all these other people. Trevor Lee. Now, these are a lot of great talents. So, who else is there left for them to sign, Clark, for NXT or WWE? Man, you know... You, you you know who you know who else there is to sign? Who's that? Tessa big? Blanchard. Oh, okay, Tessa, okay. I forgot Tessa, about Tessa. Okay. Tessa Blanchard. That's that's the name that's popping in. I was gonna say Pentagon, but you made a good point. They probably wouldn't use him that well. They would probably you know t- have him take take the mask off and things. And it's like no, he needs Pentagon needs the mask. That's his gimmick. That's how he's Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tessa is a name that that I can see coming to take over to to uh to NXT not not just take over but to NXT um and I and hasn't she made like a couple appearances but like you know just here and there or is that like was she on NXT or, or am I thinking of like the Mae Young Classic? No, you're right. Well, she was in both. She was okay. in the last year's Mae Young Classic. She actually lost in the first round of Kyrie Sane, which was surprising because I thought she might even win the whole thing, but she only got she got yeah. eliminated in the first round, which was shocking. It was like it was in Madison Rain. Madison Rain was brought in for this year. She lost in the first round of like Mercedes Martinez or something, which was really surprising. But I was like, okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, she's also made appearances on NXT TV. I think in 2016, 2015, so. She's been there okay. before. She has grown tremendously as an in-ring competitor and a character, sure. especially since then. Um, sure. if, you know, if people watch Impact, they could see her there. She was at All In. I agree. She's another one that should be NXT bound eventually. I wrote a whole list earlier this year about women that they should sign from the independent scene. <clears throat> I put Io Shirai on there. She obviously was in the Mae Young Classic. She signed. Tony Storm was another one that... She was in the Mae Young Classic last year. They didn't sign her, though, until this year, which I thought was weird, but she's in officially. I put Maya, uh, Mia Yim in there. She's been signed. I put Chelsea Green on there. She has since been signed, too. So they've signed a lot of women, um, and she's very, very good. So, yeah, Tessa Blanchard. I mean, I think I recently read that she signed a multi-year deal with Impact, getting back to, like, Slammiversary or something. So she might yeah. be there until 2019, 2020, but... Um, I can see it. You know, maybe maybe not soon, but I think eventually she's another one. I think a Charlotte Tessa Blanchard match would be money, honestly. Oh man, that would that'd, <clears throat> that'd be a good match, man. You just got me excited. <laughs> I think it writes itself with the two, with given who their dads are, the they're just the natural ability. You know, I think it just kind yeah. of writes itself. Exactly. That's that is that is good booking. I don't I don't know. I don't know who from WWE is listening to this right now, but you need to hire this man right now. <laughs> hire us both. Hire me on the writing team. Hire Clark and the production team. We can switch off too because we both got great ideas. <laughs> so I'm totally all in on that. All all in on Clark and GSM for uh, for WWE hashtag Get That Thing Trending. Um, Absolutely. On that Absolutely. note, though, like I said, we don't have too too much time. I don't want to run too much time overtime today, given that it's our Thanksgiving episode here of uh, Wrestle Rant Radio. So on that note, before we get to NXT, I want to close out with the good stuff. Survivor Series was a good show, like you said. 
Um, real quick, the results. AOP beating the bar. Uh, Mustafa Ali falling short of capturing the Cruiserweight Championship from Buddy Murphy. We had the big men's Raw at SmackDown tag team elimination match. Raw reigned supreme with Strowman, McIntyre, and Lashley as the sole survivors. Ronda Rousey beating Charlotte by DQ. Charlotte snapping, turning heel seemingly. Uh, rumor is we might be getting Rousey and Charlotte at the Rumble, which I think is great, saving Rousey and Lynch for WrestleMania. Main event, Brock beating Daniel Bryan, champion versus champion. Much better match than I could have ever anticipated from those two. And I think it's also yeah. the longest match that Brock has had in years. It went almost 20 minutes, which was awesome. So, um, again, I love this match. Thought overall, real good show. So, any other thoughts in those matches, Clark, or any other overall thoughts in Survivor Series, the pay-per-view itself? Uh, just one extra thought about the Brock Lesnar-Daniel Bryan match. Yep. That... At the beginning, it looked like it was going to be a typical Brock Lesnar squash match. But man, the the offense that 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 Daniel Bryan put in, you know, eventually was just like, wow, that was a really good match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one. That was probably one of Brock's better matches up there with 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 the match he had with AJ last year. So anytime Brock is at Survivor Series, you could probably expect a good match. I don't know. That's true, except for when he got squashed by Goldberg uh, in 90 seconds two years ago. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which which could have been a good match in some people's eyes, but, you know, it's all subjective. But, uh, yeah, Brock might be the uh, new Mr. Survivor Series if uh, the last couple of years have been any indication. Maybe. We shall see. But, um, yeah, no, I agree. I think the main event was really, really good. I was fearful early on that it was going to be a glorified squash. I was like, oh, no, this is this is not going to be good. But no, you know, Brian battled back. It was a lot like the match from last year with Styles, where it was it felt competitive. Brian had a few chances to win. He wasn't going to win. No one actually thought he was going to yeah, win. No. But as a match, I thought it was great, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, that looked, being, oh, sorry, go ahead. He looked, he looked good in defeat. He did, and that's what's most important. It wasn't like he just got fucking squashed for ten minutes, which he did early on. But then he the heel turn, which they probably should have saved for next week, but whatever. It did come in handy yeah. when he hit Brock with a low blow. So at least, it, you know, from a character standpoint, it was cool. And that made sense. Um, but yeah, yeah, he looked good in defeat. He took him two F5s to lose. Um, a lot of offense from Brock. He got in a lot of shit on Brock to hit him with a couple flying knees. So, you know, it all made sense in the end. Um, but I thought it was a good match. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Brian looking real, real good in defeat. And uh, that did close out the clean sweep, not counting the kickoff, according to WWE. Um, but, yeah, closed out the clean sweep for Raw. Um, what do you think this says about SmackDown, Clark? Are they trying to establish SmackDown as the loser show? And, of course, we're, uh, we're recording this before SmackDown on Tuesday. So maybe tonight they bring out fucking Kenny Omega or Aleister Black and they, they reset the whole thing. And then it's a whole... It's not SmackDown anymore, but it's like Thursday Night Showdown or something like that. I don't know. But wh- wh- where are they going with this, Clark? Where are they going with Raw just embarrassing SmackDown at Survivor Series? As if Raw wasn't already the flagship show in their eyes. I have no idea, man. I wish I could give you an answer. I mean, they have a Fox deal to coming up in, in, I believe, October of 2019. They have a huge TV uh, deal with Fox, Billy, a billion dollar deal, and to have Raw completely dismantle SmackDown like that, I I don't understand what's gonna happen, but m- maybe this is gonna be SmackDown's underdog redemption story. You know, next year maybe they'll like pull out all the stops and they'll be the um, the uh, the winners mm-hmm. of Survivor Series next year. I don't know that that that'd be a pretty good story right there, like. Not only just like as a um, as like a storyline for you know a one on one superstar heel face whatever match, but it's like a brand going up against another brand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then of course you have like the betrayals and here and there and things like that. But you know that that's just the way that I'm seeing it. And it sounds like a WWF WCW alliance storyline, but. I don't know. I don't see it like a uh, invasion storyline. No, it's yeah, just, I agree. It's more of like a uh, redemption story, really. Mm-hmm. If, if yeah, they think, that's... <clears throat> you know, if, if they think that far ahead with Raw and SmackDown, like they, <laughs> we may not even have the brand supremacy stuff next year because I don't even know if it was supposed to happen this year. There was a rumor that they were gonna just do a normal regular Survivor Series card, and I assume that was the case. I thought we were getting Strowman versus McIntyre, Corbin, and or Team Corbin versus Team Angle. That seemed to be the way that, that they were going before Roman got sick. 
<clears throat> and they had to blow up the entire card and make it Raw versus SmackDown again, which wasn't really necessary. But yeah, SmackDown devastating Raw, or rather the other way around, Raw devastating SmackDown was not a... Not exactly my favorite part of the show, but it was still a good show overall. And before we close it out here, I do want to get your quick two cents on TakeOver from Saturday. TakeOver War Games 2, another excellent TakeOver from top to bottom. Two, if not three, potential match of the year candidates with Black and Gargano. We had Ciampa and Velveteen Dream for the NXT Championship. Another War Games match in the main event, pitting Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and the War Raiders against the Undisputed Era. Great show. Um, any big takeaways from TakeOver on Saturday, Clark? Uh, the big takeover. <laughs> right there. Ah, there you go. There you go. Nice. Well done. Play, play on words, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, the, Love the, it. The, the, the big takeaway from, from, from NXT TakeOver is that, you know, if, if, if you were having doubts about, about pro wrestling, about WWE... You turned on this show. You had to have walked out of this show with with with, with love and passion for the business, for the uh, for the sport, you know. And yeah, yeah I mean, like I, I I know that you were asking about like you know what, what's the takeaway from Takeover and NXT, but like just the overall picture is that like I came out of this show and I was like, man, dude, I love wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not just like I love NXT. Like I love wrestling when it's so good and it was so good you know that show you know uh, rating it from out of 10 I give it I give it like 200 300 whatever this was Same. my this is this is the top takeover and you know that that's saying so much because mm-hmm. it's like every past takeover is said like that was the best takeover this is the number one takeover and they keep on just like outdoing themselves and it's just I totally agree. They keep on not doing themselves every single time. That takeover was no different. Top to bottom, a great show. Not everything was perfect. I don't know if it was the greatest takeover of all time. Again, it's all subjective, but it's yeah. it's you could say that really about any takeover for the most part because they're all amazing. If you said takeover blah, blah, blah was the greatest of all time, I probably wouldn't argue with it because we have yet to have a bad takeover, and this one was not only good, it was fucking great. And like you said, when wrestling yeah. is done right, Wrestling is amazing, and we saw that on Saturday with TakeOver. Uh, Black Argana was amazing. Ciampa and Dream had a way better match than I thought they would. I thought it was going to be pretty good. They had a great match. And the main event was um, equally as entertaining as last year's War Games main event. So again, overall, top to bottom, terrific TakeOver. Cannot wait for TakeOver Phoenix over Royal Rumble weekend in a few short months. And then, of course, the TakeOver Brooklyn 5 over WrestleMania weekend, which... We could always get a little elite action. We'll see. As you said, Clark, earlier, now you're getting my hopes up because they might be there. So <laughs> if it doesn't happen, I'll be thoroughly disappointed. But Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if it doesn't happen, guys. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not booking the shows, guys, so don't blame me. I'm just predicting. <laughs> not yet. Not yet, anyway. Maybe hopefully yeah. by WrestleMania weekend you are. But uh, that being said, to kind of go full circle here, you're talking about the promotion you are working with at the start of the show. Before I let you go, Clark, where can the people find you not only on social media, but uh, the work that you're doing and the promotion that you're working with as well. All right. So, like, yeah, you know, I'm working at World Class Revolution Pro Wrestling. It's a uh, it's a wrestling promotion based out in Ardmore, Oklahoma. So if you're in Ardmore, if you're in Oklahoma City, anywhere in Oklahoma, if you're in Texas, if you're in Kansas, if you're anywhere in the Midwest, you know, come out, find out when World Class is going to be in your area December 1st, there's going to be uh, a Toys for Tots uh, fundraising event, I believe, um, at Dixon High School. Um, the boss, Jerry Bostick, uh, he's going to be in a steel cage match uh, against uh, Coyote, and that will be Coyote's retirement match. So uh, come out, you know, support Coyote, support support World Class. Um, you know, it's, it's such a fun brand. Like, I absolutely love it. You can find... World class on Patreon, you know, watch the uh, the, the the shows and things like that because uh, we have some TV deals here in Texas and uh, Missouri and places like that. Uh, but we're on Patreon as well. Just go to patreon.com uh, forward slash World Class Rev. Um, yeah, four ninety nine a month, and that's cheaper than most networks. Yeah, it's about half the WWE network and probably just as good as content too. 
It, I, I would say what we have is better content. I don't know, but I'm being biased. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, anything's better than Crown Jewel, let's be honest here. So you're oh probably right. Goodness. For sure, for sure. Um, also, uh, I, while, while I'm plugging things, uh, follow me on Twitter, at Editor Clark. Yeah, I changed it up a little bit. It I did, know. I noticed that, I noticed that. I am now at Editor Clark. My profile picture is a uh, is a uh, still shot of CM Punk, uh, right? Stage, huh? Of, of CM Punk or no? Was did you change uh, it? No, no, I changed it. It's of uh, Lane Staley from Alice in Chains. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So if any of you uh, want to follow me, I talk about wrestling here and there, especially NXT and 205 Raw. No, SmackDown maybe a little bit, but <laughs> um. <laughs> but, um yeah, just follow me and we'll have a good time. You know, I'm down to talk with anybody and things like that. So get to know me and we'll we'll have a good time. We'll have fun. Perfect. Well, people can follow you on the social media there. Check out all the awesome work you're doing. Always a great time having you here on the show, Clark, talking whether it's New Japan, Survivor Series, TakeOver, Couches. You know, we really cover all ground here in WrestleRant Radio whenever you're appearing here on the show, Clark. So... Always an awesome time. Hopefully it's not too much longer before I have you on here again. Of course, enjoy the hell out of your Thanksgiving on Thursday, and I'll catch you down the road, my man. Thank you very much, man. It was a good talk. Of course, of course. Be well, enjoy your Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you soon, dude. Sounds good. Happy Thanksgiving, bro. You as well. Adios.